This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 91, as we are doing our last podcast before Labor Day weekend, which means basically summer is over, fall is right here, and September is the month in which hockey really starts. So I'm pretty excited about that, Andy, and uh, I guess I should start the podcast asking how are you doing my friend i'm doing good like you said i'm excited we're recording this on august 31st so by the time you listen to it it will be september 1st uh i can't believe september is already here and you know what that means it's uh the fall um pumpkin spice lattes hockey um yeah and uh, changing the leaves so over the heat i'm ready ready for the heat to be over ready to get into all the fun stuff uh, that fall has to bring i'm a big fall guy um more so than summer which i know some people roll their eyes at but uh i don't care cable knit sweaters you know all, all the f- cliches give it to me right now I'm, I'm done with the humidity and the the heat and i'm ready for some fall weather yeah i am one of those guys that definitely enjoys just throwing on a hoodie and going about my business. I cannot stand the heat. The humidity in the Northeast is just unbearable at times. And it'll be nice to get some, you know, cool mornings, warming up in the afternoon, and then uh, cold at night. And that's, that's where I'm happy. And the only thing that stinks is the days tend to get short with the uh, sunlight. But it is what it is. I'll take that any day of the week over the hot humidity where you're basically just trapped indoors at times. So yeah. Um, yeah, Andy, it's, uh, obviously, you know, the podcast before Labor Day and, you know, not much going on in the hockey world. Uh, so, but I do want to ask this question to kind of start off the podcast and we'll get going from there is I came across a tweet. It's kind of going viral and it was actually a pretty good idea, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. But uh, it was basically about maybe the NHL doing an original six day where the original six teams are the only teams that are playing against each other, and the rest of the league, you know, takes off, and you have the three games, and, you know, they're scattered throughout the day, kind of like how Football Sunday is. And, you know, they're all nationally televised throughout Canada and the US. And, you know, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, you know, why wouldn't the NHL do something like that? I mean, I think it would be cool. I don't think I don't see any reason why the there are game days where there's only, you know, three games on the entire day, especially on a weekend on a Saturday. So I don't understand you know, or I, I don't know why that would be an issue for the schedule makers to make happen. Uh, yeah, it could be cool. And like you said, to make sure um, since two of the uh, you know, uh, six teams are original six teams. You could make the early game to American teams. And then for the Canadian market, you can do a, you know, uh, a midday Canadian versus U S city. And then a night, a marquee U S you know, or excuse me. Yeah. Another, the other Canadian team versus another U S city, just so they get to, you know, they, uh, Sportsnet gets two broadcasts. Um, they, and they can obviously just, uh, tap in for the third one i'm sure they can do that with their rights holders right and then 
Yeah, I think it'd be cool. You know, I mean, obviously the Canadians versus the Bruins and hell, you could do, you know, Toronto versus New York or Toronto versus Detroit or whatever. And then, you know, uh, either Blackhawks versus whoever, you know, whichever American uh, original six team doesn't get picked to face one of the two Canadian teams. So, yeah, it's another good idea to me. Yeah, I just it's it came across, you know, my timeline and I was just like, I mean, that is like a no brainer. It's something that the NHL has never really tapped into. I mean, the mention of the original six, um, you know, will happen on a, you know, Wednesday night rivalry or something like that, or hockey night in, you know, Canada. And, you know, you'll hear the mention of, you know, original six team matchup or something like that, but they never really do anything special for those teams and those franchises in the history of the NHL. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like it's a missed opportunity by the league. And, you know, it'd be something cool that the, you know, the younger generation probably doesn't even realize, you know, the original six, you know, teams and the history just throughout the league. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's something they can certainly tap into. It's gimmicky enough, I think, that it would sell. And, you know, I think if you look at the franchises in which those teams are, I mean, they're some of the bigger draws in the league already. So uh, I think it would be a no-brainer uh, that the ratings would be pretty decent, you know, especially, you know, New York, Boston, you know, Detroit's obviously, you know, hockey town. And in the Canadian markets, you don't even have to worry about it. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, something that I just feel like, you know, I, I don't know, the league sometimes just doesn't doesn't have any wherewithal with marketing itself and there's something that's small simple it's pretty manageable it's not like you know every team needs to be playing every single night they certainly can designate a day um even if it's later in the season you know after football they can certainly do it you know to steal maybe the, that crowd after uh you know the sunday footballs are you know football sundays are over so uh yeah uh just wanted to get your thoughts so anything else on that no, not really. I think uh, I think that sounds like again a, a great idea. I I definitely think when you look, think back on the ways the NHL and the organizations are, excuse me, the channels they've been on, uh, both NBC when it was they had the rights holders, and now with ESPN, it's like I don't know, just some of these like rivalry night games on Wednesdays, and just you know, I don't know. I like I always get a little pop out of the the Rangers playing like the Flyers. Um, you know, for Thanksgiving or, or the day after, I should say, or, um, you know, or a Christmas, like obviously with the world junior so close to Christmas, I just think trying to make a special event out of those, you know, I think that's a good idea, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I especially, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know if basketball does anything like that, but you know, it's fun that they, they should have like a designated time of the year where there is an event like that. Like, I don't know. I, for me, they, the NHL definitely needs something new. I think the New Year's game, the outdoor game, has kind of lost its luster. I don't think anyone's in awe about it anymore. Uh, you know, it's kind of been there, done that. Uh, and then, you know, they've done the stadium series, which is kind of, you know, it is what it is. I don't even think many people even realize it's happening until that week or that day. So, you know, I don't know. It, it just feels like, you know, it's something that the NHL could do to give it a little bit more pop. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, 
yeah, that's all I got for that. I, again, I, we always say this, but the NHL, I mean, there's unlimited things that they could really tap into. And it just seems like that they never do anything special or when they try to, it's just a head scratcher. Like the Wednesday night rivalry, you know, half the games that were played were not even like, there's not, there's no, was no historic rivalry. I mean, they kind of pushed, you know, the, the limits on what the definition of rivalry really means. So yeah, it's just, uh, you know, just kind of annoying. Uh, anything else before we get into the, the meat of this, uh, podcast? No, no. I, like you said, uh, the NHL constantly thinking of the the easiest way to market itself and never does. So this is found money here for them. So they should do it. I don't I don't see any reason why they should not do it. So well, we'll now that that tweet has gone viral, you know they're Maybe just they not going to. Well, well, they're not going to do it because it's like, well, they don't like we can't. Told to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Let the fans dictate what we do. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's get into the meat of this. I know last podcast we kind of mentioned. Uh, you know, we started to get into what the current, you know, state of American hockey looks like. And you and I both, you know, kind of like theorizing about what a Team USA would look like. Um, so I kind of want to get into, you know, what Team USA, the current roster would look like. And I know, you know, you could be building a, an Olympic roster. And to be honest, that might look a little bit different since it's a few seasons away. And there might be some players on the horizon, like yeah. a Zegris, who maybe doesn't make the team right now, but in a couple <clears> of years, <throat> certainly is a player that, you know, could definitely be yeah. in the top well, six. So, yeah. Well, are we, I, I'm sorry. So, we're, the, I might have misunderstood the, the homework assignment. Uh, I, okay. Are we building it for the next World Cup of Hockey in 2024? Or are we trying to do well, Team USA as it would stand today? I mean, I build it for today. So if you okay. want to build it for that tournament in 2024, sure. go right ahead. But right. And well, then maybe, we can yeah, kind we'll of Maybe we'll do Team USA today really quick. And then we can do Team uh, USA for the 2024 tournament. Or maybe we can say who stays and who would get replaced by who. So that's even, probably even easier. So, all right. Yeah, I can work. I work with that. So let's go okay. do it as it stands today, Team USA. All right. Well, I'll give you what I have for my first line. Sure. You want to do it that way? Yeah, perfect. Go go ahead. All right. Well, I have, and obviously we know that some of these players are going to be in different positions. It's just the nature of every you know international team. Uh, I have Matthews centering Debrinket and Kane as my top line. I like it. Um, you want me? To- yeah. Yeah. So mine is also obviously Matthews first line center as he should be. I, but I have Johnny Gaudreau on left wing. Uh, and I have Matthew Kachuk on the right wing just okay. because uh, I'll give you my reasoning just because I think Matthews is clearly going to be the centerpiece of this line. He's the most dangerous shooter they have. I feel like he's had success playing with uh, Mitch Marner and, you know, as the, the, you know, the playmaker with, with great feet and then with uh, having a Zach Hyman type to help, you know, get, do the work, <laughs> the hard work for those two. Right. Although Hyman's now obviously is left in Edmonton, but um, so I figured you could have Johnny hockey in the Marner role, being able to find past Matthews, the puck, so he could just get open and just rip it. And then you have uh, Kachuk doing the kind of the, the floater, you know, working the puck out and just being a disturbance and creating more room for those two. And I just think that would be a match made in happen, but yeah, I, I obviously both options sound good to me. So you can tell me, you know, how you feel. Yeah. Obviously Matthews is, probably going to go down as 
a top five player of all time. Uh, he's that good. Uh, I think there's no doubt that he's the top line center. And I don't think that is going to be threatened in the near future by anybody because he is still very young and still very good. Uh, Kane, obviously on the older side of this team that I built and, you know, obviously his history with the Brinkett. I, I just wanted those two together and, you know, a, a playmaker, a guy that can still put up a ton of points and still make plays and still pass the puck as better than anyone in the league. I just wanted to see what those two could do together. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like passing the baton. I think Kane was the best American player, clearly, by a long slide, uh, long shot. Long shot, long side. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, Kane was definitely the best American player for our generation now this generation i think matthews is it's you know the two top players of their generation uh playing together obviously really cool so that's why i chose that top line yeah sounds good you want second line yeah i'll go i'll go i'll just i guess lead here um my second line i have eichel centering johnny hockey and jake getzel and uh, let's hear yours oh so i also have eichel second line center uh, because I didn't put him on my, excuse me, turn my, silence my phone. Because I didn't put him on my top line, I'm going to have uh, Eichel with Patty Kane. And, um, oh, how did I get this? Sorry. I, I made a list and I've, I've somehow messed it up. But yeah, I'm going to have uh, Eichel between Kane and Debrinket. Uh, I just figured Debrinket and Kane already have the chemistry. And I just think Jack would be a good mix. I think, obviously, uh, Debrink gets the natural shooter there, but Eichel's also a good shooter. And, and just Kane is kind of going to be conducting traffic out there. And I just think, uh, yeah, you have a good mix with those three guys. So, yeah, that's uh, that was my rationale for that. Yeah, uh, as much as it killed me for, uh, to put Getzel this high in my lineup, I just see what He's he really is. Good. He is really good. very, very good. And he is just an absolute killer. He can score from anywhere and, you know, with Johnny Hockey setting him up uh, and, you know, Eichel being the force down the middle, I just think this line would click and they'd work. And, and you know, obviously they're just three really elite players. So, um, you know, for me to have this as my second line, I'd feel very comfortable throwing those three players out there against anybody. And, you know, again, Getzel is kind of like that spark plug that can do it all. And as much as it kills me and how much I hated him, uh, last playoffs it just uh yeah i think he's deserving of a second line spot on my team yeah and uh like i said all sound logic either way to me so um, all right yeah um do you want to do a th- your third line yeah sure yeah okay, go ahead. So, you so again uh, originally this was a little bit different but i'm again i'm going to assume that this is if team usa had to be made today uh third line center is going to be, uh, although, yeah, I'll just do, I'll do the one I would do. So my third line center is uh, Dylan Larkin, and he is centering Kyle Connor uh, and a young man named, and you're going to think I'm crazy, Jack Hughes. Okay. So, you know, I figure put Hughes on the wing. Um, I think there's a lot of speed on that line between, because Connor is pretty quick himself, and obviously Hughes and Larkin are very, very fast. Um, you know, I, as the third line, I, I think you have a nice mixture of defensive responsibility and speed with, uh, 
Larkin and and Connor's not no not no slouch defensively either. But I just think I think unfortunately Jack or not well unfortunately for Rangers fans, but Jack Hughes is already I think good enough to be considered for this team. You know, injury issues aside, just you just see the the development path he's on. So it would be stupid to leave him off. And I just didn't want to put him on the fourth line just because I think with my fourth line, I want to go a little bit more, uh, not traditional, but just have, you know, another, or maybe a, a grittier mix down there. So I just thought this would be a better, I, I think playing an up-tempo style would serve him the best. So that's hence why I have Hughes with, uh, um, Connor and, uh, Dylan Larkin. So the bottom six, for this hockey team is incredibly hard to put together because yeah. there are so many players I think could fill really valuable roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what I went to. This is what I went with, but I maybe maybe changed it. I changed it literally ten minutes ago too. Yeah. Um, like I had this list yesterday. I you know I I changed it a couple times. I'm just looking at other players. I'm, so this is what I'm working with right now. So bear with me. And this is what I put. And this might be overthinking things. But I have Jack Hughes, Centering, Kreider, and Kachuk. And, you know, I wanted I wanted Hughes to go out there with, you know, two bigger guys. You know, Kachuk obviously bringing an uh, element of grittiness. Kreider has got speed. He's got, you know, some strength. Uh, you know, he can, you know, put the puck in the net you know, around the net and, you know, this, the goal of this line would be just to throw the pucks on net, you know, create plays and create chaos. And, you know, if I'm going to put Hughes as my third line center, and then unfortunately I think he does, he's trending in that direction where he's clearly becoming just an elite player in this league and is kind of blossoming, you know, it, maybe not as fast as, you know, devil fans as hope, but he is t- really turning into a really good player when healthy. And, uh, you know, Kreider, it's tough to keep a guy that scores 50 goals off your line or off your team. Uh, I know it's a little high for a third liner, but I wanted those three together because, uh, you know, again, my fourth line, I've changed a million times, but I'm pretty comfortable with who I picked on my fourth line right now. So and and I do have honorable mentions this way I can get in everybody that I wanted on my team. So, um, yeah, that's my third line. And again, you know, at this point, I feel like it's such a tough thing to 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 do is fill in the bottom six the top six i feel like are pretty pretty solid so anyway go ahead you want to do your fourth line yeah so in kind of similar to what how you were thinking there my fourth line is uh chris Kreider on the left wing uh jake gensel on the right wing um and uh jt miller centering the two of them uh i just figure you know what, Gensel is used to playing with Sidney Crosby and they play more of a cycle type, you know, a grind, grindy type uh, game for, for the amount of skill they have. Miller's got plenty of grit to his game and obviously Kreider's not going to be moved. I think that fourth line is kind of like if you took the concept of a traditional, traditionally your fourth line is the grittier of, of all your lines. I just think those three would play that role very well. Um so yeah, that was, but again, this was such a hard one. Cause like you said, I mean, there are so many names, which we'll, we'll talk about the honorable mentions in a second here, but, uh, you know, I, I, I went back and forth on whether or not, you know, Kreider should even, this, you know, he should be on this, uh, 
line as and the same with the you know Gensel and the same with Miller just because you know I think with Kreider and Miller you have only really one season where you're like oh that's this is the bona fide should be here you know what I mean Gensel a little bit more proof of concept but there are some players that got left off that you know potentially could have the ability to be better than him so it was tough but that's what I ultimately went with for the fourth line if if the you know if this tournament was tomorrow but if I'm projecting obviously in the next two years it's going to be different you know so but that's what i went with yeah i listen i again my fourth line this was tough because it changed a bunch of times and you know you're going to hear in a second why this was so difficult for me but i had kyle connor uh pavelski centering connor and robertson and you know like again I, i i'm looking at pavelski and it's like the guy still kind of produces. And if this is a current team and the tournament's tomorrow, I kind of want him in the locker room. I kind of want him on, you know, on the bench. Uh, it, there's not many guys in this league that, you know, is when they walk in the room, they immediately command it. And he is certainly one of those players. And, uh, you know, if I have him, you know, taking face-offs, you know, available to take face-offs, available for the power play. And at first, my my thing was, well, I have Kreider, so I don't need a net front presence on the power play, because so I don't need Pavelski. But it's like, all right, if I keep Pavelski, then maybe I can knock Kreider off. And it's just like, well, you know, this is my team. I can have both of them if I want. So I kept them as a fourth-line center. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, obviously I have my reserves, so uh, I can always pull them out of the lineup. Uh, yeah. but, but yeah, so, you know, with, you know, Connor and Robertson there, you know, it's, it's, that's who I got. College football is back and it's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook to celebrate the best time of the year. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place the same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as $825 free bets. Move to uh, D now or? Yeah. Do you want to do? Okay. We can do D. Um, all right. So this, I didn't really even go into. I, the, I just picked my top six defensemen. Um, That's fine. So my first technical, technically pairing, I guess, would be Fox and McAvoy. I just feel like those two are pretty leaps and bounds the best two american defensemen right now in the league uh not sure if i'd even keep them together but for me you know those two just naming one and two uh, is is 
you know, they're no brainer. So those are mine. Yeah. I mean, so I, I struggled with this just because I was like, do I pair the best guys together, but force one of them to play on the other side, even though I'm sure they could do it. I think McAvoy actually is probably more comfortable playing, switching to the other side than probably Fox would be. But I just decided to like in no particular order. I just figured, um, my, uh, yeah, my first pairing is, and it's tough because I don't even know if you can consider it first pairing because I think my top two pairings are going to eat the same amount of ice time. Uh, so let's say for as a Rangers fan, my top pairing is uh, Jacob Slavin and Adam Fox together. Just because okay. I figured, you know what, I'll, um, you know, for just the way some of my bottom pairings or my the two lower pairings, well, only, in name only, we're going to pair out. I just felt like keep, both guys in the, in a natural position. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just think, uh, I don't know. Cause McAvoy and Fox are, are clearly the best. And uh, it's like, maybe let's spread out the wealth here. But again, I could also see stacking them together. And if on their same team, the coach could do that, whoever it is. So, um, so yeah, so I, I just went Slavin and Fox for the first pairing, but you know, again, it's uh, splitting hairs almost. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, so my second pairing, um, was Hughes and Slavin. Uh, again, no, there was no real order with mine. I just kind of wrote down who I thought, you know, were the top defensemen and I just created pairings and without really thinking. So, you know, Quinn Hughes, you know, I, obviously I, I think Slavin obviously is definitely a second line pairing. I, I just threw Hughes in there, you know, I feel like he's like, what can you say? I mean, the kid's good. I, I don't know. I like, am I crazy? To th- like, I feel like, like Quinn Hughes, because he plays in Vancouver, doesn't get as much love as, you know, obviously he had one, one really good season. And then I don't know. Does he, is he appropriately rated right now with, with, I don't know, with the NHL and the fan bases and stuff like that. Cause I know he gets a lot of heat, but I, I see him as a very elite defenseman still. In the no, league. he, uh, Hughes is clearly elite. I think, you know, his, uh, he gets knocked a lot though. Yeah. But his teams are never very good and it's, he's yeah. asked to do a lot and he still puts up board and maybe the number, like his underlying numbers are still, you know, a very high, extremely high end and are only trending upwards you know, but it just, he doesn't really have the talent that some of these other teams has. And I guarantee you, if you flip them around, uh, that wouldn't be the case, you know? So, um, yeah. So, uh, All right. yeah, I, but he's, I think he's clearly elite. Did you do your second pairing yet? Uh, I did not. So my second pairing is again, now, now I have Charlie McAvoy, uh, on the right side of my second pairing. And, I've been, I was flip-flopping who to put with him because, again, it's kind of, it just ends up really being splitting hairs. Uh, but I just decided to do uh, McAvoy and um, I'm still too splitting hairs. You know, I'm going to do McAvoy and John Carlson only because I think John Carlson is obviously very good offensive defenseman, but he's not as strong defensively, whereas I think Pure, from a purely defensive standpoint, um, you know, maybe outside of Slavin, I just think uh, McAvoy is probably one of the, you know, the best defensive defensemen on uh, on the list in terms of even strength, you know, defense, uh, defense. So, yeah, I'm, let's go with Slavin and John Carlson for me. 
All right. So my final, my final pairing, I, again, it, this, the one spot I, you know, I pretty much had down pat. And then the other one I, you could have, if there was a three sided coin, it, it was basically flipping for that um, with the two that I was leaning towards. Um, so Carlson and Chikrin are my Ooh. bottom pairing defensemen. Okay. Uh, yeah, and you'll obviously probably by default know who my you know backups are. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, Carlson, I know, slowed down a bit, uh, not the player he was in just a few years ago. And, you know, Chikrin, obviously, this very sought-after player in the league and one of those guys where I think every team kind of wants to get their hands on but doesn't want to pay, a, you know, a king's ransom to get him. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a very solid defenseman. And, you know, if he's on your third pairing right now, I think that's a, a pretty good bet that you're going to be a pretty solid team. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I went with uh, um, Quinn Hughes, who, you know, I had mentioned, you had mentioned before, and Zach Wierenski. Um, you know, Zach, I think Wierenski technically plays the left side, but, you know, just because he plays that Rover game, I just think he probably would be if someone had to switch, I think he would probably be the most comfortable. Uh, and yeah, I just kind of like those two. You have two very mobile D on the same, you know, pairing. And I just think those two are maybe not in the, the tier of the four. Well, maybe other than John Carlson, who's just slowing him down. But I just feel the way, you know, I just feel like they might be just slightly under the the ability of the other four, but that's okay. So they'll be technically be the third pairing, but yeah, I just thought, uh, that would be, they would be good, uh, pairing together. So that was my rationale for that. All right. Well, um, yeah. And then I guess we'll do goaltenders and then honorable mentions. Sounds good. So I'll let you start off with goaltenders. Since I took yeah. The- so Connor Hellebuck's my starting goaltender. That was not going to su- surprise too many people. Um, I just think he's still, you know, I think obviously tough season last year, but he, I think he's still one of the best goaltenders in the league. Um, so, yeah, so he was my starter. Um, and not to interrupt, he's my starter too. Okay. Like, yeah, let's say <clears> nothing, nothing sexy about that pick. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. He is the best. Yeah. Back, back up with this was the tough one for me. Yes. Because I, there are some, you know, and like I, I basically to to spoil it, I went back and forth between uh, John Gibson and uh, Thatcher Demko. Okay. I, I went ultimately went with with Demko. I just think you know he's uh uh he had it was pretty strong down the stretch for the Canucks, right? Um, and just you know it, he's been in the Vesna mix in the last few seasons, you know, in and out. So I just think. Yeah, I think uh, he. I ultimately gave it to him. It, whereas Gibson is kind of an unknown. He has the the pedigree, but it's just tough to know that if he's you know he's not that old. He's only I think he's only twenty nine. But yeah, he just had some up and down seasons right now. You know, and you don't know if that's a a symptom of the Ducks just not being a very good team. But they're another team that were pretty good down the stretch too. So I I went with Demko, but. If you told me John Gibson would get it over him, I don't know if I'd lose much sleep. I'd be like, okay, but you know, those are my my guys. All right. Well, I 
Okay, I want to give you my third stringer first. Sure. I went with Port Huron, who I actually I played a tournament in Port Huron. Um, I went with Jack Campbell, Port Huron, Michigan native, oh. as my third. Do you want to know uh, who my? Oh, sorry. I'll, yeah. What you what you have your third? Yeah, uh, he played out of his mind in the playoffs for the <sighs> Dallas Stars. Jay Gottinger. Yes, he's the my only, backup. The only reason I went with him. Ah, nice. Good for you. The only reason I didn't, I thought about doing it, but I just, the sample size really scared me. I know, but I, I wanted I, to we, be fun. <laughs> I know. No, I, honestly, I think he's a very, very, very strong bet. But, you know, the stars have still not signed him to a contract. And I wonder if a part of that is he's trying to bank, you know, it's hard, it's hard to project you know, it's like, was this just someone who played out of his, everyone remember Andrew Hammond who played literally out of his mind for, you know, a, a, a couple months or two months for the senators a couple of years ago. And now he is, uh, you know, an eight back in the AHL. You worry about that. If a guy has a hot streak and doesn't have a big body of work, but you know, I think Ottinger, you look at him technically, he's a very good goaltender. I, and I think he's going to be very good for Dallas. So he made it, he's my third string, but, you know, he could easily draw in over uh, Demko, you know, so or even hell, hell, even a hellebuck if that's the way it's going, because both those guys are starting to get a little bit older. But yeah, he was my uh, my my third string goalie. Yeah. And uh, he's my backup. Again, I I know this, there's zero sample size there. And, you know, goalies have a history. Some of them obviously have a history of being flashing the plant pans. You know, think of Jaguar, his playoff run with the Ducks. It just like, you know, just because they have a deep run and a crazy run and have a good season doesn't mean you're going to be getting the same, you know, statistics year in and year out. Man, I struggle with that word. I feel like, again, I've said this on the podcast. I have a big tongue. So, I, you know, those big words can be tough for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I just I do think, though, when watching him play and don't get me wrong, I didn't watch a ton of stars hockey, but you know, watching him play, I really do feel like he is a very good goalie. And even if he doesn't live up to the standards that he was playing, which was out of his mind, he is still going to be a very good starting goaltender in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he's Shesterkin or anything, but, you know, maybe in that tier two group. So I'm going to keep him around. I'm going to keep him as my backup. Maybe I catch the same uh fire that he you know that he had uh you know last year so yep that's uh that's my t- current uh team usa so um what uh what guys did you have you know on the defense and maybe forward side more more so on the forward side yeah um honorable mentions uh so obviously you mentioned him he's on yours but he was j- so jason robertson was probably be a you know an honorable mention, but, uh, or maybe he just goes along with the team, but he's just not on the starting, you know, but he could be. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought long and hard about putting him in. I obviously like you thought long and hard about putting Pavelski in. I almost put the two of them together just cause their line, they made two, they're two thirds of, you know, one of the, yeah. I thought the better lines in the NHL last season. So they, those, both those guys were my honorable, uh, honorable, I see, I have trolls, but of course, honorable mentions, um, uh, and then on D, uh, D was a little bit harder because I feel like with the U.S. defenseman, there's a clear drop because a guy like me, I thought, I, I thought Justin Falk had a pretty 
pretty strong, underratedly strong season for his, you know, and he's a guy who are his, I feel like his reputation is literally gone up and down and up and down and up and down. But um, yeah, so, and I even thought about Truba, but I don't know, like, you know, if I wouldn't, it's funny. I don't know if I would put Truba. I think USA hockey would probably be more comfortable about putting Truba on the, on the list than I would. You know what I mean? Just because uh, they would probably say they like the, you know, he's his, they like his uh, physicality, you know what I mean? And just that he makes dispense, you know, they, the opposing team have to keep their head up. And, uh, but yeah, I honestly, you know, Tory crew could go here. Um, I'm just trying to think who else off the like top McDonough. of my McDonough. Yeah. You'd honestly like, make, I wouldn't be surprised if McDonough got put on it just because he's been considered the workhorse still, you know, so we'll we'll see how he quits himself in Nashville next year. If if McDonough looks good early on or is solid still, and honestly Nashville has one of the best decors in the league now, so he probably will. You know, so yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, you know, I thought about him, but then you know, uh, there was a part of me. There were some players that popped up, like Jonathan Quick. Like he didn't have a bad season last year, but like I kind of want him. I know he's a goal, and it's like I know McDonough's not that old, but. He's also he's got a lot of road miles on him. Yeah, he's got a mile, a lot of miles on him. And, you know, you look at some of these younger guys. You know, I, you know, I went with them. Krug was another guy that, you know, if this was a few years ago, maybe you could say Krug fall, fall, falls off. You know, just I don't know. I feel like the core defensemen, the top like six defensemen, maybe seven defensemen that you have with Team USA. I think they're kind of not leaps and bounds, but they're definitely like slated in those slots before any of the other players that we've mentioned. And you can make the argument for McDonough. I mean, shoot, you know, you know, multiple Stanley cups, you know, still one of the better, you know, defensemen probably in the league when put in a, a position to do so. And, you know, the surrounding cast was good. Like, was he a product of Tampa? You just don't know. So, Given his age and just you know me wanting to feel a little bit fresher and newer, that's uh, that's who I went with. So uh, on the offensive side, I had uh, you know Larkin, you know, I had JT Miller. Uh, Miller kind of bothers me, so I didn't put him on the team. Uh, in, in the you know I had him penciled in a couple times, and I took him out because he just annoys me. And then Brady Kachuk, obviously, you know we all know what he brings to the table. Uh, I just don't know if he cracks this lineup, Um, you know, and then I don't know if you, do you want to talk about, you know, maybe players that will probably be in this lineup in the next couple of seasons as, you know, players like Pavelski would probably fall off. Kreider maybe fall off. Yeah. Um, Shoot. I I hate to say this, but like Kane, (laughs) I don't know if he's going to be there or not. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think a guy like Trevor Zegras is already might be, you know, in consideration for the team next year. Uh, you know, he's just a guy with too much skill to literally leave off, you know, so he should be factor in there. Um, and again, you know, I, I had I had also had not mentioned Brady, but he there is a very good chance, you know, he can. I think he can close the gap. I don't know if he's, I wouldn't consider him for this team right now, even though it's, there's that alluring, uh, notion that like, Hey, we could put Matthew and Brady together. You know what I mean? Um, but who knows? I mean, listen, uh, Tage Thompson had an awesome season. Yeah. 
uh, and he just got paid a whole month of money. So the, the, the Sabres better hope that he, uh, produces but if he has if he has another season like the one he had last year you might say oh well shit like this guy has to, might have to be on the roster he's big he's got physical he can skate well and he can you know and he can uh, make things happen so um yeah so like i said other than that like uh yeah like if does jt mill is jt miller able to repeat what he did last year because if not all of a sudden you're like well oh maybe it was a kind of flash in the pan so it's just tough. Um, you know, how, how good is, is Matt, Matt, Matty Benier's going to be in a few seasons? You know what I mean? You don't, we it just, we don't really know yet, <laughs> but he could be very good. And then obviously for, as far as the D goes, I mean, Carlson will probably age out at some point, right? Um, I would. Yeah. The re- I think the rest of them are, who, at least the rest of the ones I mentioned were pretty strong bets to still be in that conversation. Cause they're all pretty mid, you know, they're in their mid 20, early to mid 20s. So none of them are too old. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, Warensky seems like a veteran. He's like 24. <laughs> exactly. But who knows? Maybe Keandre Miller is, will be good enough for Dude, this team. You never know. Kidding. You know? So, uh, yeah. And, yeah, you know, the goaltending is a little bit tougher because goaltenders don't usually emerge. We don't know will can Carter uh, Carter Hart like re revive his career. You know, maybe Philly should be a little bit better. So I guess maybe we could see if he was just victim of being in a shit circumstance, or if he can kind of get back on track for being considered. Uh, yeah, just being considered the uh, goaltender everyone thought he was, and the same thing for. Uh, for Spencer Knight, you know, like he, he's a guy who might find himself in consideration for this in the future. But again, he, his season was up and down at times. You know, he had his good moments with the team that won the president's trophy, but he also struggled at times too. So, um, we'll see. Time will only tell. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's interesting because you look at like the last few classes and there aren't really many guys that you pencil in. Like I think you and I mentioned, you know, um, uh, um, like Kako, like, although he was drafted second overall with Hughes, like those two guys weren't immediate, you know, impacts. I mean, there were immediate impacts to their team because their teams are so bad, but you know, I, I don't think like on the international scale and at that level, like Lafreniere wouldn't sniff Team Canada, like no, not even remotely close. So you you know you don't know what these guys are going to be like coming into the well, league. And I, I think you know this upcoming season will be very telling. Where if all of a sudden Alexi Lafreniere is like looking like a guy who might, even if it wasn't good enough to put it, he has a good season that wasn't good enough to get him on Team Canada today. You know you don't know. You never know. No, you don't know. And there's so much competition for Team Canada, obviously. So. Even more yeah, so and than team in, uh, USA. So yeah, I mean, Team Canada. You can put together two teams, and it would they could probably know. yeah win the whole tournament. Either team could win the whole tournament. Right, and uh, yeah, so it's you know it, it's just one of those things where yeah, like you know even a player like Oliver Wallstrom, you know, you just never know what those players can do. You know, they could go off, and he, pop, that kid yeah. could you know that kid could score you know 35, 40 goals. You know, you just don't know. Um, they're so young. They're so young. It's, it's just, it's wild. And even, you know, even the older players are still like Pavelski, man. Like the fact that we're even considering him for this team and he's, well, he's got to be 
36 years old at least you know in his you know his late 30s and it's just like the guy just doesn't stop producing and you know he's still one of those elite players in front of the net there's probably nobody in the league that has better hand-eye coordination maybe Kreider <laughs> maybe past them but you know it's just you know an obviously legend of the game so yeah um you got anything else andy that was that no. was fun yeah no it was, it was good and like i said it's uh excited the world cup of hockey is coming back um but yeah i we're so close now that it it'll be nice to talk about some real meat and potatoes you know because the last i feel like every the nh the hockey world has been basically you know there's a everyone's just kind of resetting. Obviously the, the beat writers finally took their vacations and the hockey pundits and the players are just taking that last minute family time because they're going to have to start reporting here soon. So it's been quiet, but it's going to be exciting to start uh, gearing up for this season and ramping things up. So I am excited. I cannot wait for, uh, yeah, can't wait for September to get underway here because again, we're going to have, uh, yeah, we're gonna have. Uh, I, I believe, our, you know, some teams will have are having prospect tournaments, or you know, at least prospect games. The Rangers and the Flyers are co are co having one. I think they're both in Philly, but which will be fun. Which means they should be, because it's not at the Ranger practice facility. That means we'll actually get to watch a pretty good stream of it. I assume, <laughs> right? So that's fun. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're so close to hot. We're so we're even closer than you think to hockey. Like you're gonna be able to watch hockey in three weeks. You know which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, So yeah, I'm excited for it and it can't come soon enough. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.